week. But Ella, do you want to talk about how this all came about in that big session in the main auditorium? So through the EOIs, there was a section I think that was kind of like, what there's some things you'd like, conversations you'd like. Yeah. And Alex kind of collated from those sort of topics that felt big within all of those applications. And then we were led through quite a wonderful process. You can see on the walls, for those who weren't there, the big round paper with the, um, sticky notes on them. And we sort of went through a process of kind of unpacking and brainstorming and seeing where we're at and possible steps of moving forward from that. And then from those, the topics from that process, the ones that still kind of were there. People had energy for. Uh, were turned into these small talks. And so I think Georgia and Claire actually kind of did the grind work on actually doing the admin and setting this up, which was great. Do you want to introduce yourself as within why you're here the and as a parent? Uh, yeah, I'm Ella Hetherington. I have a three-year-old, Frankie, uh, and I am an artist and I've been working in arts since I have possibly more than before. really thought about some little, I think, easy, cheap, free little things that just can make it a bit easier possibly for people working with people with kids or girls or, yeah. The dinosaurs do well. Should we introduce ourselves? Because I think who we are as parents is also kind of important. Or not. I know that you're here as having to facilitate a parent who's about to be in your company. Just a brief sort of... Sure. Hi, I'm Steve Berg. Um, I work the freelance around my partner's full-time job. Um, she has a little bit of flexibility, so I can do, she can go start at 6am or something if she wants, but um, really I've been stay-at-home daddy for like three years, and so I tend to work bits and pieces here and there, and then a couple of super late nights to try and get which is
cheaper than childcare at the time. Um, but we did have, um, uh, it was about 3,000 a year, whereas childcare at the time was much more. So my experiences are, they still go on because this morning I'm juggling stuff because we have, the boys have um, with NDIS a team of about six support workers and one of them is phoned in. She's on her second Pfizer jab and she can't come in today. She's really unwell. So we just have to constantly um, flex and be creative, which is actually really good for me as a producer. Hi, I'm Earl Gary. My dad is too beautiful young man, about five and nine. And I'm lucky that I'm lucky one, but um, we kind of understand each other, my partner and I, and artists, that we have to share that role and make sure that people are there. But we can get the wheel. 
purchasing my first diary. Making the world more smoother for everyone. Yeah, but it's a learning process, and I'm here to keep learning and yeah, and keep moving forward as a parent and trying to yeah. Adapt. Adapt, yes, for sure. Thank you. 
information and what places um, work for us so that um, these are the exceptions. This is not the exception to have these meetings, this is the norm. Yeah, um, uh, we have solutions from our own experience that we can share with organisations and we can say this is what we need and we know how you can help us achieve that. Um, and the other thing I should say is that in 2019, I don't want to talk about this because I think we've talked about it separately.
and also the crèche teaching arts facilities within cultural hubs or centres to have that support there within the actual fabric of the building to help the artists because in a lot of other countries they are miles ahead of this sort of thing and it's very frustrating. I feel like I need to move to another country to do work. And my home is here. Um, I want to keep on making art because it's really hard with young children. And I, I could say more. We will. Um, it piggybacks perfectly into the concept of why we're here today. And the major thing is what's available, what's missing, and what can we do? And what can we do as a community? I found that often crashes, my son would just scream and he'd get kicked out of them. So I was like, oh, that's not really very helpful to me. We've got kicked out of swimming lessons too. Um, that just might be my child. Um, so I think we'll start from what is available now, what we think works, maybe. Um, we know what is to make, which I'll things have worked that we know of in our community that maybe we can make a list of and then share that so that people know what's out there. We keep talking in almost all of our groups about databases and directories and I think this is another one of those that is like where do we put a centralised idea of, you know, people are like how can we help mothers and parents and um, parent artists and so it's like tapping into rather than on Facebook people come in Sometimes it's just that. I love, I'm always happy with kids in my rehearsal rooms, but it does have its own challenges if you're trying to work and there's a kid, especially if my child would have just been attached to me and not letting me work. So um, let's start with Mothers Who Make. Um, if you could tell us about a little bit more about how it was set up and how we've been working on it. And because I co facilitated with Michelle, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. and. It is lovely, we have parents here who have joined us and, and from there we sort of try and have us, like you said, a quietly growing revolution of how we change things. So I think we're really, really excited about It's grassroots and it's local and um, it's, it works hodgepodge between us um, and the people that it's for. And that's really important. So we're talking about what we need with each other and we're finding solutions for each other. It's a support group. Um, you can come once a month. It's down in the um, undercroft. It's free. It's a couple of hours. We have toys, snacks, everything there. And the culture is um, adult-centered for your children are always welcome and they're integrated into the, the meetings and sessions. And each session we have a monthly question so that it's not um, just rock up fabric, it's a facilitated conversation, it's a rigorous conversation where we're applying our intellect and our lived experience to try and grapple with these um, barriers that we're experiencing. Or it might be that we actually, that there's a whole lot of us that are working on projects and we want to celebrate that and we want help to broadcast that. So we usually have a multiple question, it could be to do with like labels around parenting, Exploring 
global conversation. So best practice and innovation and things like that are happening overseas. Um, we get privy to and we can implement some of those and suggest some of those ideas here. Um, similarly, I was going to say um, on, the, on how to get solutions, I should have said I'm the Chief Ambassador for Parents and Parents. I was which is based in New York, but it's also an international movement. And they actually have a curriculum. You can actually go online and look in times to get classes and tutorials on how to create rehearsal schedules with someone that, for someone that has to pump during sessions. How to make spaces parent-friendly for people who come back after a birth trauma or injury or that have older um, dependents. Because this space is also about not just mothers or parents, it's caregivers. And at the moment we have a global pandemic of caregiver burnout. So these resources are really crucial in helping to address those things that are making people unwell, that are being, have been invisible for a very long time, but that have such a, like a potent pot of um, uh, potential, potent pot of potential, <laughs> to, to, as models of how organisations can work in this crucial way. And these the people that are experiencing um, the barriers are the people coming up with the solutions, and that's why they work. Do you want to talk about another first time because you came up with we came up with in that thing, but you collated it and it's, it's really beautiful. Well, we can send it out as an email. Um, yeah. oh, practical, I've got to bring mine too. Like, um, yeah. But it's a, it's a practical or kind of manifesto of um, what big articles can do to support. Advocates for arts and cultural spaces to become parent friendly and it recognises mothers as people. 
key practical strategies that you can apply that we've found through talking together and through consultations with those arts organisations, advocacy organisations overseas that are a long way ahead. Do you feel that, because a lot of the things you're saying I actually feel are happening. Do you, do you feel like they're not? In, in here? Because a lot of the things that you've talked about I know that really kind of specifically been being addressed in our industry lately. Yeah, I definitely think it's improving very quickly now. I think we've got momentum, but I still think um, I still think sometimes parents don't know their rights and don't necessarily know how to self-advocate. Um, I think if you're in a good professional role, in a full-time role in an organisation that recognises these barriers, you're going to be okay. But I think people in lower socioeconomic demographics Quite um, often, in my experience, talking with different people, having a work with class background myself, why we don't know what our rights are and how to advocate for ourselves. And if, if you're a mother who a parent is working freelance, you've got a more precarious situation because you've got that less leverage and voice in an organisation to speak up and ask for what you need. What I'm, what I'm kind of hearing is like, what I'm just echoing things. That wasn't a Where there wasn't children. 
worth mentioning that was here, though. That was worth mentioning. Um, very dumb. Um, and, you know, Ali Van Rie can always be such an advocate of having to leave rehearsal rooms and for kids. In a disastrous moment in a show where Ali had to step in very last minute to take on a role, and we had literally two days before the show went up, and Ali said, actually, no, sorry, I can't rehearse for two days because I have children. And so she's like, I'll come on stage on opening night, but I will have the script in my hand and that will be my first time in the show. If you want to go ahead with that, with your audience, that's fine. And like, that was so awesome. And we all, and the company, just went, yeah, sure, we'll rock up on the first night with an audience, with the lead role not having done the show, because she said, I've got soccer and football with my kids. But, God, why did I start this? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> what I really came to think about was, and this is like mother, this is like artists, living humans, no matter what we are, it's about having the empowerment to speak up for something in those environments. And so often, and I'm a freelancer, and so is my partner, I should have said that in the intro, I thought he might be here, but I think he's in there. Um, it's actually going, hang on, if I say sorry, I've got to leave at three o'clock or my kids sick today, or I've got pink eye and gastro. <laughs> um, or I'm really sorry, I'm running late because Frankie had to do a food on the way here. Like, it happens all the time. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to lose my job. Like, this guy, legend in the field. Like, there's so many advocates for people, and there's so many people who are doing this. But I think it is actually going, like, pre me having a baby, I don't think I would have had a voice. The half of the things that I speak up about now. But it's actually giving me the guns to, because you don't have a choice. But actually knowing that you can do it, and that in those environments, in admin, in all over, there's so many mothers and parents who are, who are doing it, who get it, and that they've got your back. And that the most, like, apart from financial things that, you know, have been in play for quite a long time. Like I think childcare and budget lines have been around for quite a, a while and sometimes it's prohibitive but often it's not. Um, and even even the even just being offered it is so lovely sometimes. And even if it's tiny, even if it's you know just a little, it's it's the awareness that, that is going on that makes such a big difference. And step arriving at rehearsal, has a shit fight to get there. But so does everybody have their own shit fight. Sometimes it's just not a literal shit fight. <laughs> but the, the person you step in with there can see that you've got split focus. They know that they know that you time just to kind of land into the room or whatever it is. And that awareness just makes such a huge difference. Awareness and empowerment of the person to say what they They're my big two. Okay. Quite a few things came up for me listening to people's talk. Um, one of them would be that I used to arrive at work and think it's a fucking miracle that I excuse the children are. It is a miracle that I have arrived at work and now I can actually, you know, a lot of things came up. One of them was that I never ever questioned that it was anyone else's responsibility to find um, a care option for our sons. We never got funded um, to support our sons 
until our eldest was 12 and our youngest was 10. I didn't bring her to the mothers and make 
that's where the focus is really full on. And like even during the festival, before Ryan set up babysitting for Mark and I for a run of the show, because we were both working on the same show. And it was a nightmare. Like I think it was the hardest days he has ever had to work, because Frankie knew that it was somewhere in his majesty. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, it would be better if she stayed in pregnant. Yeah. She will have a big better time. But being able to voice that if something goes wrong, that you know that you're not going to lose your life, that you have got, it is a reality that you are living with. And, and that shouldn't just be, that should be for everybody, you know. We live under such a, a cloud of if you do anything, that you will lose your gig or you won't get another gig. And there's so much advocacy, advocacy in other strands of society. And I think parenthood is kind of treated as what you chose to be.
traditional business model. Um, so it's like, you know, I'm concerned that maybe it is very variable depending on which companies or whoever you're working with, people carry these different perceptions about it that you need to hide your children, you need to put on the business suit. I think there's still that there. Some people... I had that question because if... Have things changed? I asked this... Have things changed for women? I was given back this business model. I would love to ask the dads in the room, because I'm so grateful you are here, because often it feels like it's a mum thing rather than a staff thing, because you are from How do you feel about uh, what it's like to work um, as an artist yeah. in the arts? The, um, the last three years, so my youngest, or three years, I don't know, two boys and a girl, my youngest um, just entered full time school. So for the last kind of three years, I've been primary caregiver, and I found this weird, it's kind of a grievance, I guess, against this whole thing. But I always found that as a dad, if I rocked up to a meeting or a rehearsal, I was kind of like, oh, Lord, yeah. look at you, juggling all the things. Wow. That's yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, whereas I feel like the default for mums often is like, how are you this disorganised that you didn't work yourself? Yeah. You know? And I felt like, you know, that was great for me. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> just, 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 just,
because when I do need to work, I've realised they can see me working, but it's not always in street. Like sometimes I do a lot of voice recording, sometimes I do a lot of filming, sometimes I'll just like do some crazy scenes and that and film it. Like, you know, they'll see me doing this going, oh, that's mum's work. So I thought rather than like compartmentalise it, I should let them have their creative space to do that so they understand the creative <coughs> So I've set up a whole, we basically put all three rooms in one bedroom and then set another room up as a tinker lab so they can actually, not just a playroom, but literally almost an art workroom where they can say, I'm busy in the tinker lab, don't disturb me. Because they love doing that. So, um, and so when I'm busy going, hang on, hang on, I just can't now, they have adopted that um, vocabulary and model and process of thinking going, this is important, this is my work, and it's because you know, there's a hundred boxes and projects and sculptures and someone's doing mini film, and, you know, like there's just all sorts of stuff going on, but they can also say, don't interrupt me, I can't do my homework over to the last one. Can I apply for a residency? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all want to be in the team. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, and the other thing, sorry, the last two things, and everything was small. Don't try to share. Yeah, Someone told me this. Someone told me this six years ago. Raji can feel like a piece of crap going, oh my god, I'm the only mum who sends her six year old on a plane by himself because I have to fly him over to Melbourne to get childcare. Uh, I sent my kid over regularly on his own from the age of five. If I had known I could have done this, which is my other little solution, where um, childcare didn't work fast because my son's on the spectrum with daddy at AG and everyone hated him and he beat every kid and just, you know, 86 kids a bit. Record. Uh, yeah. So we we um we had some challenges there and I couldn't um, access traditional childcare and we tried the pair route and as I said in a nutshell. I don't recommend it because they're all 18 and their agenda is to come out here and experience Australia and have a holiday and oh yeah, I'll just be child on the side. You know, they're not they're not like, oh, I want to be your child's second parent. They're just, this is a means to an end. So it's not ideal. Their emotional maturity is like having another child. Yeah. You're responsible yeah. for another child. Yeah. I basically yeah. felt like I had four kids. Anyway, so I did not recommend the au pair route. Oh, and also, when you're at, when you're at super stress hour, I've got three kids on the screen, all three of you nappies. Uh, it's not the hungry day, you know. And um, at six o'clock, that was it. So I said, it's at six o'clock, every single au pair, all nine of them, no swans out there. It's so much to be here. I want to go and see the sunset. I'm just going to do some yoga at the beach. <laughs> I've seen a freaking sunset in five years. <laughs> that's witching hour. Don't tell me about the freaking sunset at the beach. But that's their mentality. They're here to experience Australia and, oh, you know, what, you want me to help you at witching hour? So I don't go the au pair route after those failed and failed attempts. I then found this solution, sorry, I get to the point. Which was, I bypassed all childcare, I bypassed all family daycares because they are still only between this hour and this hour. And I found a retired artist because she gets us. And said, I paid you directly to work all sorts of um, haphazard hours that I don't know what they're going to be. Hey, I've got six rehearsals over the next four weeks, but that will also change because then I might do this and then I've got to do a little tour. And so, you know, just the crazy schedules we keep. And she was retired and in her 70s and still quite fit. And I just paid her directly and totally private arrangement. And yeah, I don't get any childcare subsidy. And yeah, I don't get any of the government perks. But I keep my sanity. She gets us. 
she understands that flexibility is important and um, you're also supporting an older person in the community. For sure. And so I bring her, for when the kids were younger, I brought her to the Tinker Lab at Two Home and she would hang there. And then as I um, found that were mobile, she then, they then go to her. Um, so that worked really well. And anyway, I should stop talking. Talk to that. But I just thought there's those little, little things. Well, I'm just wondering because one of the things was that would it be useful to have a kind of directory of people who are, I, my kids are older now, they're almost 15 and 17, and they don't need me as much, not really, but you know what I mean, and I have more flexibility to be able to be like, yeah, I can, I could do that. When I lived in England and we didn't have any family around, but four group of friends, what we would do is if one of us wanted to go out for a night with our husbands, the other three would come to my house, the mums would come to my house, <coughs> and they would have a little night out, and we could have a night out. So that was kind of win-win for them and for, for us. So it was kind of a how do we collate, uh, pool our resources. And so well, you, Andrea and I could go out and have a night out, but they would also be having a little night out with each other but at my house looking after my kids. And we would do that for each other quite regularly. And so it's the creative solutions of how do you come up with something that isn't necessarily.
like, do I sit in and watch a process for an hour one day? Like, just watch. But things like that, that's the kind of concept that's come to my mind, which, for me, like, that's invaluable at this point. Like, so it becomes community-based, yeah. sharing yeah. skills. Yeah. That's what, what we have really adopted, is that, um, like, I had dreams of this baby who would fall asleep in a crown and rehearsal. Um, couldn't sleep on anyone for two years except on me with a boob in her mouth. Which made touring interesting. Um, but what worked was instead of getting the random human here, it was going, getting her really familiar with the people in our community. And so, you know, having, this going daisy, but like, oh, Alex had Frankie in a rehearsal period last year. And from that moment on, Frank and Alex has become follow your nose Alex. And I know that Alex and I were in the rehearsal room together, Frankie would feel really comfortable. And so that then if I was in another rehearsal, getting Alex, paying Alex, but getting Alex to come in, Frankie would be a lot more comfortable. But it's not it's getting someone in the community so that not only do they get it, but that it kind of makes the process a bit easier because maybe they're gonna be there as well. Like just so you don't even it's them seeing a familiar face in the rehearsal room and that sort of thing. And that's like building relationships. So like, I see that I'm like, how can I build relationships? Because I also understand it's all well and good to be like, hey, look, here's my number of 70. But there is a plethora of things like, who even am I? Do you trust me? What are my values? How am I going to speak to your child? Um, what, what do I even care about? In, in et cetera, et cetera. That's really, really important. And also, I think from what I'm hearing is feeling comfortable, not feeling like you have to explain yourself to say, like this week, do you mind if it's at the State Theatre Centre in like the green room? Or like if it's with a crowd in the blue room, you know, like things like that as well, where it's, yeah, like just accessibility. Anyway, super enthusiastic and then here's my hope, you might want to say, wait, wait, to learn about this from you. Okay. I thought, can I also go like for one It's an interesting idea, and I'm using artists uh, also as ingenious. Also, when I'm making work for kids, like I've definitely adopted my cousins to babysit to be like, hey, let's draw some um, shadow puppets. What shadow puppets do you reckon are cool? To be like, how do I make this? Like when I'm making work for kids, I love engaging with them as well. So like, if kids need babysitting, and I'm also looking for a five-year-old to ask questions about like some monsters underneath the bed, like I'll do a mini creative <laughs> with your child. Like, Frankie into rehearsals um, and that director has just bypassed me now and is making a show on my child. <laughs> so that's bad is time critical. Uh, we know that our children are wild beings that are kind of soaking up the world and will create and anything to us wherever we take them. Um, you know, and some of us still do. And so I just guess we have that that could be like, hey, don't yeah. forget. And also acknowledging that every <coughs> person needs something different. Yeah. So that's why we offer to give money rather than organising childcare for the whole time. So sometimes, I know it feels like you have to self-advocate, but sometimes you just need to tell us what you 
and then it's like, yeah, cool, great. I think. Or if you have a solution like, oh, there's an event, hey, can, do you have like a hundred bucks to pay my friend to come and roll and do it? And I, like, I think the chamber or any other will be like, yeah, great, thank you so much for sorting that out. We've got the money we can provide to do it. So it's just finding those relationships and ways of advocating because I think sometimes the money's there it's just not being used. So maybe Sometimes. what we could do as a practical element is create a database that would be and with a yeah. contact person to speak to. It is quite hard, especially if you're not feeling very confident to be like, hey, Chamber of Culture and Art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if there's an actual person who would understand that that's... But can I just ask on a practical level, who would do that? Create I could do that. I yep. could certainly create a kind of uh, spreadsheet. Um, of, of something and just have it as something that can be like a dynamic movement thing like what you're doing with our contact details and just be like okay I've heard of this I didn't know that about performing lines but then my kids are older so I'm not looking for it <coughs> but what, what about you know if I want if I want to go to the Chamber of Culture and Arts who would I discuss if I wanted to come for an hour with my kids? Um, like, who's the person? So that you're not just kind of info at, and then you're not hearing anything, and then you feel bad, and then you feel like you've asked the question, and someone's wearing you. And actually just finding the time to do that, yeah. that's the other thing. Because I think what you about labour is really important, that within parenting and caregiving, there's a lot of invisible labour that doesn't come up. There's huge amounts of logistics, organising care for the people that you've got to give it to. And so anything to reduce that is so helpful and I think the other thing is is that cultural attitudes are shifting slowly um, and that's why this conversation is so important because um, we need time to consolidate where is it changing who is changing who's not changing how can we help them change and keep it moving in that way it's not like a blanket thing where now everyone's family friendly and child friendly and aware of areas it's not that's not happened I think sometimes that's a kept, we have to be careful not to go, it's all great now. Because when you start actually talking to people in car parks and libraries and daycare centres and schools, you act, I, my experience is that you actually hear the stories that they won't tell in these spaces. So it's really important to make sure that we keep the conversation going and understand that yes, it's about how can we reduce that labour of logistics of participating, also how can we make sure that we keep sharing that cultural attitudes are shifting, whether it's that the organisation makes it more aware, like in the ad for this event, um, I think it was through me bringing it to the attention around the fact that it didn't say you could bring your children. And I had about 10 private messages from the guys from that community saying, Michelle, there's this, there's this thing, I think it's for us, but can we bring kids? And that's not their fault that they're asking that. They're asking that because that's their experience has been that usually you can't. So I think we have got an obligation to make sure that we use language and word things in a way that makes people know that they're welcome. Because really, for lots of people, the overwhelming experience has been, I'm just not sure. So I think that's where we are at the moment. That's a very valid point. There is a lot of people trying to go. Yeah, I, there's a bunch of stuff summing up for me. And um, yeah, I think that feeling like safe and trusting, and I think there's just like a, one thing I've been learning about is like cultural safety and when we have these systems like my adult ADHD brain, like if something's in a contract, like I probably haven't read it or remembered it. And I think there's systems that, that work and we've got like a momentum with them. But I think a, a bit like what Michelle was saying, like before work starts with a project, just a chat to sit down, 
to go, hey, so how do you work? Like, a, how do you operate chat? And you can, the person that knows of the childcare th um, options and things like that can kind of work through the imposter syndrome or the self-doubt or whatever's going on there to go use it, use it. This is available. You don't have to say yes now. But, but I think it's that kind of thing of the kind of like advocacy, what you were talking about with this. And we've all seen it with like dietary requirements. It's become standard on any like booking access requirements become more standard. I think like wheelchair physical access. Um, yeah, sure things can come, become a box, but I think like maybe parental needs is a kind of access thing too. Um, but if, if it's, it's something like prompting or something, yeah, if you have to address that question, it might begin the process for someone to go, oh yeah, yeah, I do have extra needs here or whatever. Yeah, and I, and I think there's good intention there. It's just that sometimes, yeah, everyone in the room, the, the systems that'll work for them, like it's just, yeah. you need a couple of things. I had an experience where a company, I, I didn't, I was breastfeeding, I, was, I didn't actually want to be working full time. I still don't, really, actually. Um, but they said they would offer childcare, we can, you can have someone in the room, all of this stuff, which made it really awkward for me to go, I really actually don't want to do it. And then that was a bit bit scary too, so kind of being a bit gentle about that, like, you know, the, the, the kind of awareness that maybe they could have need some help is nice, but not going, we're doing this for you, so therefore you have to do this is really problematic. Larissa, sorry. Yeah. There's Ariel that's been pointing oh, for a while, sorry. And then Larissa. I just wanted to say that as a person who's here who is not a parent, um, there's a lot of things that, like, I'm just not, like, aware of what people need or, like, you know, the differences in what people need as well. And I just wanted to, like, I guess gauge, like, how open people are to having those conversations about what you need on, like, the individual circumstances and like when you come to work for a certain company, like if that's something that needs to be prompted by the organisation or like people have to kind of have those, like how comfortable do people feel having those conversations or do they need to kind of be told that, that the conversation is need to know that it's safe. It's a declaration, yeah. I think if you were asked, you'd be like, Thank you. 
I'm now trying to catch the thread that was there, but um, I guess just coming back to needs and feeling okay, it's probably gone, but I did want to come back to what Alex was saying, that when I became aware of the money towards childcare from Flock, I was very, I was grateful that that was offered. And I did email through to say yes, but then the logistics, realising it was money towards, putting towards getting someone to come into the home to look after three children, the amount of effort that would have taken for me to track down a babysitting service interview screen, I couldn't do it at the end of the day. And also, they, I think I was still breastfeeding and hormonal. But I am grateful that that was that that is there and if it is still there I'm not sure okay but I was very grateful yeah <laughs> well, I was just going to say on Ariel's point, I think that it takes a village. It's not existing right now. It is, it's your responsibility because you decide to have a So everything gets sold outside of me as a professional. So I would never, for me, I would never ask. I've turned things down because I couldn't get childcare. It's just not my, my, myself as a mother is partly to lie to myself as a someone says to you, hey, what do you need as a parent? Yes, I would be engaged in that conversation, but I would bring it up myself. Right. But that's where like the corporate world is a lot further on than the arts world. The corporate world already has like protocols that that is a conversation that will take place. I've got friends that work for HIF and things like that, and the support they get they get goes their way. They're mostly full time, but some of them are part time workers. But those conversations are part of um, entering into a contract, and I think that would be great to make that the norm in the arts and culture as well. And I don't I think people are extremely generous in the arts and culture, and I think people are always wanting to help and support. But I think there's a lot of assumptions, and that's where it's tricky as a parent because you've got to know, you've got to navigate the assumptions, and you can get it wrong. mandatory I thought for arts orgs and companies to offer employees childcare um, subsidies or um, some payment to cover childcare. I was under the impression that that is an Australia Council uh, directive. Um, but one thing that I keep thinking about is how much do parents want and everyone's going to want something different. So once you start putting this customised kind of needs into the mix around a rehearsal period, you could end up having an hour a day that you rehearse, you know, or uh, we have everyone in one scene and one mum needs to breastfeed then and another needs to breastfeed then and it's just, it's so tricky to navigate all that. So I guess how much... Unpredictability of parenthood, I think, that you can't cater for. Yeah. Which all, which all workplaces have to deal with. That's yeah. not unique yeah, yeah, yeah. to the arts. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is that in a rehearsal room, 
I'm still grappling with how you can manage so many mm. um, requirements in um, in a time critical situation, and that's a bigger issue around the systemic nature of our sector um, and the funding and um, how we structure our and so it could be a structural issue. You could just have a year of working for one hour a day and create a work that way. Um, that would be an interesting experiment for your group. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I think that's a good experiment. No. But, yeah, I mean, isn't it always about a conversation, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, tailoring, let, talk with the person that you're going to work with and see how you can compromise. Because no, I don't think it's all about like organisations, that's for sure. It's got to be a two-way process. And I think that's where words are really useful.
it's an outcome-based process, um, then someone like yourself could come along and participate. And I suppose that's like a wish for the future. Mm. Everybody understands then that you're not going to access Continue. I feel like 
I don't know, I had this idea of a directory and I'm, I'm sort of determined to put something together. So I might do a bit of that and see if, uh, maybe if I can email everyone and get some ideas for what we can, this is an ongoing discussion I think we should meet again at some point and be able to talk about it and what are the practicalities. Um, and I love this art-centered practical mm -hmm. idea. I think that there's something in how we create our own community of people. I think that's what I'm hearing. There have been creative solutions decades, generations ago, yeah. but it's now just talking about the latest, yeah, what has worked. For the good again, yes. I think. I think yeah. things are changing. So how do we, you yeah. know, the fact that you guys are here and you're like forward thinking for um, Gita is really important. And, and you know, that's, it's important that there's thought ahead of time for what people will need. Um, so thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Susan. Please keep chatting. I'm going to go.